Welcome and thanks for joining us for this week's encouraging and faith-building message from C3 Topol. For more information about C3 Topol, visit our website c3churchtopol.org.nz. Now for this week's message. Isaiah 41 says this um, in 17. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. There's a lot of I wills in this passage. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will make rivers flow on barren ground. I will turn the desert into pools of water. God will do what he said he's going to do. God will fulfill what he has promised over your life. He will not forsake you. He will not let you down. And he will not abandon you. Because he will do what his word has promised to do. And in the dryness, in the brokenness, in the desolation, God will bring rivers of life to that place that you think is too far gone, is too disconnected, is too removed, is too dry. As you position yourself to receive from God's great Holy Spirit, you will see a great personal revival take place inside of you. He's speaking figuratively of the land, but he's speaking actually about the human heart and the condition of the human soul and our desperate need for revival to be given by the power of the Holy Spirit, that God will do what he said he has promised. He said, I will pour my spirit out on all people. I will do it. It's not an if, it's not a but, it's not a maybe, a one day or a someday God said I will pour out my spirit Jesus said I will send the one that I have promised I will not leave you as orphans but I will send my spirit to be with you and God has not left you God has not forsaken you you are not maybe you are in the desert but he is going to find you and what you think is dead he will bring to life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ because that is what God does he brings dead things back to life he makes impossible things possible he makes Lost things redeemed, broken things whole. And as we intentionally position ourselves to allow the great work of the Holy Spirit to take place on our lives, we truly do, as what we just sung, go from glory to glory. We begin the upward spiral of redemption, the upward spiral of sanctification, the upward spiral of regeneration as we allow again, time and time, again the river of life not just to surround us but to flow into us so the title of my message this morning is sink or soak last week it was spend or save it was by total accident that this week it is also two s's but Ryan Chadwick is particularly proud of me for you know weaving great symmetry week after week that'll probably be you know Trial by fire next week or something. No, I won't be there. But the, the, this morning's message and the, 
The idea behind this morning's message is sink or soak. And we could go down to the Waikato River or to the lake and dive on in down to the bottom and find a rock. That rock could have been there for a long, long time. And if we pulled that rock out of the river, out of the water, out of the the body that it was surrounded by, took it out, put it up in the car park, got a hammer, just smashed that thing to pieces, no water would come out. It could have sat there, surrounded by the river for an age, since God himself said, let the earth appear, and never absorbed a thing. We could also take with us down to the same river, to the same lake, to the same body, a sponge. And as soon as we threw that sponge into the water, it would, it would soak up the environment that we placed it in. Immediately. I've gone into that cupboard when some kids spilled hot chocolate over every wall in church and got the mopomatic, and it's so dry and so brittle, like you, you go to move it and you rip, you know, the first mop you get, you rip the handle clean off it because the sponge is, is so dry, so stiff, so, so stuck in place from inaction, from, from no moisture on it. It just, you know, it, it, it's incapable of moving. It's set like a stone. But I take with me a bucket of water and my mop that's got this paralyzed sponge on the end of it. And as soon as I put that sponge into the water, that which was once hard, that which was once paralyzed, that which was once like like rock and sandpaper, immediately begins to absorb the environment that it's placed in. And I moved that hand a little bit, and what was once stiff, that which was once frozen solid, that which was once locked up by this dry, paralyzed condition, begins to move freely, begins to move with ease as it begins to absorb the environment that I've placed it. And then I pull the the sponge out of the bucket and not only does it come out filled with the water that I put in, it's leaking water everywhere. It's filled to this point of overflowing. It's filled to this point where it can't contain any more of the environment that it has and it, and it leaks and, and it dribbles and it pours out as it has soaked up almost, well, more than its capacity to handle. And this is the image of sink or soak, the difference between the the very same body of water, the very same environment, the same river, the, the same lake, with two contrasting pieces, the stone incapable of absorbing its environment, and the sponge that even though it starts so hard, so rigid, so immovable, as it is immersed into the environment, it begins to absorb and be transformed and start to carry that which the environment has to offer. It's not about the environment you're in, it's about the state of your heart towards the environment that you're in. 
You can have yourself in the greatest church every week, at the greatest conferences, listening in our day and age. You can tune in to the greatest preachers and the greatest prophets, the most exceptional worship experiences. It's on tap 24 hours a day. We can surround ourselves with an environment, but unless the posture of our heart towards the environment we're in is one to soak and receive, we will remain unchanged. People can walk into this church, be prophesied and, and prayed over, and this is not a rebuke, this is not, this is not to make you feel bad, but we must tend our hearts. And we can create an environment for you to engage with and be in. But your heart, and my encouragement to us as a people this morning, is to have hearts that allow God the access to the most important place of our life. Remember, the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the issues of life. It is the most important, sacred, valuable piece of the human body. That is where God himself resides. He is king of our hearts. He is Lord of our hearts. But we can come and go and remain somewhat or almost totally unchanged because as great as the environment we place ourselves in may be, Unless our heart and our posture towards the environment that we're in is to receive and to allow the environment to do what only it can do, our heart shall not absorb what God has to offer. And if you're feeling like, man, I just can't change, stop trying to change. God never called you to change. Jesus, when he was on earth, he probably you know, we dressed the Pharisees up a little bit. I'll give them that much, you brood of vipers and etc., etc. But to the, the lost and broken people, you and I, that Jesus came to redeem, his call was simply this, come. It was never change. So if you're here today and you're trying to change, you're trying to change your behavior, and I applaud you for it. If you're working hard to to shift an offense or a hurt or an unforgiveness. I applaud you for your efforts, but the call from Jesus Christ is to come and allow him to do what only he can do. And if we, if we worked less and, were, and soaked more, maybe the results would be far more productive or far more, you know, greater than we had anticipated. But we have a bias to work, a bias to feel like I'm doing something. I'm kind of, but as we draw aside, and this is what we do every Sunday, we want to create an environment for you where you can cease the work of your hands. This is why God gave us the Sabbath, that we may cease and soak, that we may stop and absorb what God has to offer. And because he, he said, I will make rivers flow on barren heights and I will turn the desert into pools of water. But the ground has to absorb what God has to offer. 
The ground has to be prepared. There has to be a, a, a body. There has to be a, a vessel. There has to be a, a place for us to be able to receive what God said he will do. We don't have to worship to convince him to do it. He said, I will do it. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. I will do it. And we, the call and the commission to us is to prepare ourselves and position ourselves, yes, physically, but spiritually, emotionally, posture our heart towards heaven that when the spirit of God falls, when God says, when God does what he has already said, he will do. We're not, we don't have a heart of stone that gets surrounded by God, but unchanged by God. We have a heart of sponge. God said, I'm going to take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. In the book of Hebrews, they, he said, the writer of Hebrews says, Today, when you hear the word of the Lord, do not harden your heart as they did in the day of the rebellion. The rebellion was way, way back. So he was talking to the Hebrews about their history. So they would have been very familiar with this conversation Jesus was having. It was like me drawing an illustration from your family, from your history. Very familiar. Like, remember when? And they're like, yeah, we remember Jesus. Thanks. But he's like, do not, when you hear that today, not tomorrow, not one day, not maybe someday, but today, when you hear the word of the Lord, when you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you and you feel God prompt you to move, to forgive, to, to allow him access to that place in your heart. He says, do not harden your heart because he knows our bias to shut down. It hurts. It's embarrassing. I'm not ready to go there. He sees encouraging you. Don't harden you. When my spirit turns up, when the river flows, don't harden your heart. Allow your heart to receive the goodness that is about to be poured out into your life. And in a moment, we're going to have a moment where there's an opportunity for you to receive what God said he will already do. And this is what God is speaking about every single day. All these moments we have this opportunity that we could either harden our hearts or open our hearts. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows that our bias is to withdraw and isolate and retreat and to go into self-preservation mode. But he says if you'll soften your heart, if you, you'll open your heart, I will pour into you a measure so abundant, a measure so life-giving, a measure so transformative. It won't just transform you on the inside. It will become a river and flow from you. He said to the woman at the well, the, the woman who had been married six times, who was on her seventh husband, who was totally excluded and isolated and driven out from society. He said, a well is going to spring up inside of you amongst the mess and and, the, and the, the turmoil and the isolation, what I'm going to give you is a well of life. I'm not going to change your behavior. I'm not going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. I'm going to create in you a pure heart and pour my spirit into you. And the Israelites, they were surrounded by the presence of God. They, in the evening, they had a pillar of fire. And by day, they had a great big cloud that guided them and guarded them. 
He kept them warm at night. The desert is the most bipolar condition to live in. Furiously hot by day, freezing cold by night. God just didn't give them a sign. He was giving, he was providing for them warmth. He was providing for them shelter from the beating, furious desert sun. He provided manna every day on Saturday, twice as much. So on the Sabbath, they could rest. He gave them quail. He broke open dry ground and poured out water. He turned poisoned water clean. He split the sea open and swallowed up their enemies. They were surrounded by the presence of God. They were surrounded by the evidence of God. They were surrounded by the manifestation of God. Yet the writer of Hebrews says, don't harden your hearts like they did in the day of the rebellion. When God called them across the promised land, when he called them into their destiny, they didn't open their hearts, they hardened their hearts. And, the, and what was recalled by the writer of Hebrews is not their action, but the state of their heart. He didn't say, remember when they didn't cross the Jordan, or they didn't do that, they didn't do this. It says they hardened their heart. One of the greatest travesties between the creation and the creator is the disconnection of our heart to God. For this is where we encounter him. It says that the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And we don't know through intelligence. We know through experience. I could tell you all day that the fire's hot. You go and touch it, you know it's hot. You'll experience. And God is to be experienced. Not intellectually, but in here. As we open our hearts. And I don't know what you're going through today, but I'm a human just like you. And I'm going through stuff all the time. Highs, lows, doubts, questions. And God's call to me as his son is, Mark, come. And I often pray, God, you know, what am I doing? And he's like, I've got you this far. He speaks to my heart. He's like, I'll get you where you need to go. Stay the course. And in that moment, A father connects with a son. A whisper echoes through the corridors of my spirit, dispelling fear, dispelling doubt, and reminding me that he will do what he said he will do. He will pour out his spirit. I'm going to share with you one more scriptural illustration, and then we're going to do this. The prophet Ezekiel, one of the most vivid images, says that the Lord brought me back to the temple and flowing out from under the threshold was a trickle of water. Just a trickle. says that the Spirit led me outside of the city and from Outside of the city, that same trickle was flowing. It says that the Spirit led me down this river. And the further 
I went down this river. It was ankle deep. It was knee deep. It was waist deep. It got to the point where the river was carrying the prophet, where the presence was carrying the prophet. He led him out to the point where he was carried along by the river. He was not drowned by the river. He was not overwhelmed by the river. He was not in fear of the river. He was carried by the river. And God's river is going to carry you. He is not going to consume you. He's not going to crush you. He's not going to drown you. He is going to carry you through whatever it is you're going through. He's going to lift you up. And it says that God, the Spirit, brought me back to the riverbank. And he's observing this great river of life. And he looks down either side of the river and it's filled with trees. And it says the trees were filled with fruit that was good for food and for the healing of the people. And he goes on and it says that The ocean, the river was flowing towards the Dead Sea, the most desolate, barren, lifeless place on earth. And it says, as the river of life, as the river that flowed from Jesus Christ, as the Holy Spirit flowed from Jesus Christ, He got wider, He got deeper. And when the river met the most hopeless place on earth, it teemed with life. Because this is what God does. As the dead received the living, the dead came back to life. It was not judged. It was not condemned. It was brought to life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And I don't know what's dying in you today. I don't know what you think is even dead and unresurrectable in you today. I'm telling you, Jesus stood before Martha and Mary at the tomb of Lazarus. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, they shall live. This is who God is. And this is what He said He will do. Not for me, but for me, but for you. But we got to let the river flow into the hurt. we got to let the river flow into the pain. we got to let the river flow into that which we think is dead and maybe disgusting and maybe we don't want anyone to ever see it. you got to trust me. As you let the river flow in, life will abound in your life. We're going to stand together this morning as brothers and sisters in faith. And this is a place where you can respond. And Jesus stood up on the last day of the great feast and said, Whoever is thirsty, let them come to me and drink. And from that person shall flow rivers of living water. And he was talking about the Holy Spirit that was to come, which is now. So the team is going to lead us in worship. And if you're thirsty, if you're broken, if there's something inside you that is dying, I encourage you today, do not harden your heart. Soften your heart and allow the great Redeemer and healer, the Holy Spirit, to begin a life-giving work inside of you. God bless you, church. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Have a blessed week.